You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in it is hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only one in your camp with cheese. You pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep. Now I ain't said no names. These are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home. You must admit it's kind of eerie, baby. Like them chemtrails in the sky. Grand rising, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. Uh-oh, wait, having an issue, guys. Be right back. All right. Welcome back. Okay. Now we can officially start. I can't be all blurry to y'all. Welcome back to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Uh, you know, we got a great show for you today because I get to do another real catch in and t- t- check in with uh, Brian Callanan from Seattle News Views and Brews in the Seattle Channel. Uh, looks like Seattle City Council went back into session yesterday and already there's some news to report there. So I'm excited that he's on today uh, giving us a bit about what's going on there and also what you guys can expect on tonight's episode of Seattle News Views and Brews. But of course, it's the top of the show. So it's a perfect time for you to tag and share the stream. Please tag and share this stream with people that you know could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. Also, don't worry. If you can't watch us, you can also listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey on any one of your favorite platforms. Uh, Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. We're on all of the platforms. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me there. Um, You know, we're closing in now on this deadline here for the uh, Commercial Tenant Improvement Fund. Um, Again, this right here is up to $100,000 in grant funding for any small business that has been impacted by COVID. If you're looking to occupy commercial space already in commercial space and need some upgrades, um, trust me, there's a ton of different ways that you can utilize this funding. Uh, It does not pay for your rent of your commercial space. Um, That's one note to make there, but it definitely pays for a lot of other things. And it's closing tomorrow, September 8th. So we want to make sure that you guys are aware of this. Spread the word, get out there, get it out there so that people know about this fund. Um, Before I actually bring Brian on, we want to cover a little bit of what's going on right here locally. It looks like Seattle Public Schools is on a strike. And of course, that meant Converge Media had to be on set to hear a little bit more about this. We visited our old alma mater, Garfield High School, James A. Garfield. Let's hear what they had to say about this strike going on. Why are you on strike? We are on strike because the district is failing our students. They're making cuts to multilingual learners. They're making cuts to our SPED staffing. Um, And this is a time when we really need to invest in supports for our students, not take things away. They're also coming out of a pandemic, trying to control when staff can take off. Um, And this is a time when staff are really struggling to stay in the classroom without the district supports. Lastly, the pay increase doesn't even keep up with inflation. So we're taking a pay cut um, to do a really hard job without any of the district's resources or supports. What do you have to say to, to people who are saying that this is just basically a money grab by, by, by the teachers? Teachers just want more money and they're smoke screening it by saying like, ah, well, you know, this, you know learning, special education, everything else. It's not a money grab. Um, It really is about what is doing what is best for our students. Uh, We really want to prioritize every single student, um, especially our multilingual learners, especially our students with IEPs. And we know that the district's current plan is nebulous. 
And so that's why we're out here, really. How long are you guys prepared to be out here? We're prepared to do whatever it takes to get our students what they need. Oh, man. Shout out to all of the teachers across uh, all Seattle public schools and, and shout out to our guy, Big O, for being right there on the scene at James A. Garfield this morning, capturing uh, what they have going on there. This is important for all of us to be aware of, uh, especially if you have scholars who are in the Seattle public schools uh, uh, curriculum or in their environment. This is something for me where it's like, you know, strikes have been one of the ways that, you know, labor has really pushed for progress and the things that they need. So I just shout out to those teachers for not doing things in silence, for making sure the public is aware about what's going on. Really appreciated that question there by Omari around, you know, what do you say to those who say this is a money grab? I think uh, many of us in society have the understanding that our teachers uh, historically have been underpaid. So, you know, the, the raises have not kept up with inflation. That's true for many industries. And I know it's something that they're dealing with there. Um, but it sounds really interesting that there's some specific cuts that are being made in this year's budget that are affecting multilingual uh, scholars and those who have other health issues, as she mentioned. So this is something for us to, you know, stay on. I mean, if they're going to be school just started and if they're going to be on strike as long as it takes, that really is uh, saying something big, a bold message here from all of the educators uh, throughout Seattle Public Schools. We also also have a blog up here. Curtis is going to put the link in the comments because we want to make sure that uh, for you families out there, where you have scholars in Seattle Public Schools. We also have a list of all of the places where you can get uh, free lunch. It's available from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, throughout this whole strike. So, you know, we understand that sometimes for some families, lunch is a big deal. School lunch is a big deal. And um, there's resources out there to be sure that, you know, your scholar is still getting that free lunch service. Uh, so you guys have the information there in our blog. Shout out to uh, Ike Everard, uh, one of our major blog writers, for getting this information out there to the public. Um, again, you guys will follow up with this as, you know, updates come up. But we wanted to make sure that you guys were aware of what was going on locally. Well, there's more things going on locally. And, of course, that means I get to tap in with Brian Callen from Seattle News, Views and Brews and also the Seattle Channel to figure out what's going on locally right down here at City Hall. Seattle City Council is back in session. Let's hear from him after this short break about what's going down. Stay tuned, you guys. You're watching The Day with Trey. Baseball is a beautiful game, especially when played in community. Earlier this summer, Baseball Beyond Borders took a powerful, eye-opening journey through the heart of the South, which included baseball, civil rights, and reconciliation. Our young kings hosted a baseball clinic at Jackson State University in Jackson, Mississippi, and hit the road to Montgomery, Alabama, by way of the historic Edmund Pettus Bridge, to visit the Equal Justice Initiative Museum and Memorial, all in an effort to ground our kings in their history and find serenity in the sport they love to preserve the cultural legacy. Join Baseball Beyond Borders on September 27th for the premiere of our film, Reconciliation Tour, at T-Mobile Park's Alice Pavilion from 3 to 5 p.m. Hear from those on the front line as well as special guests as we elevate our promise to bring healing through play. For tickets or to donate, visit BaseballBeyond.org or check our social media platforms. 
my name is Nicole Harvey, and I proudly serve as the Director of Community and Family Engagement at Seattle Jazz Ed. And I'm here to let y'all know that we're getting to launch our fall programming the first week of October. So if you're a student or you know a student between the grades 4 through 12 that is interested in playing music, whether they're a beginner or they've been playing for a long time, we have saved a seat for you. For more information, please visit our website at www.seattlejazzed.org. All of our programs and classes are offered on a sliding scale tuition policy, which means that families get to choose what they pay, no questions asked. We also have free loaner instruments available for every student to use. If you have questions, you're welcome to contact us via email or by phone at programs at seattlejazzed.org or 206-324-5299. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me right now is our resident ear to the grounder, mm. also Seattle News Views and Brews co-host, Mr. Brian Callanan. What's going on, Brian? It's really good to be with you, Trey. Thanks for having me, as Absolutely. always. Yeah. Well, okay, let's get right to it, Brian, because yeah. there's a lot going on. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we let people know about an issue that we've been talking about here on your show over the past couple of weeks, and that's cannabis equity. The Seattle City Council actually put an ordinance into law yesterday that tries to right some of the wrongs that really happened back in 2013 when this industry really took off. A lot of people of color, a lot of black people who were running medical marijuana operations there were not able to get those licenses for commercial operations. So that's the unequal situation we have right now. The council is doing a few different things to try to change this. There's one important piece, though, of this trade that I wanted to toss back at you because it's an interesting question that David and I were kind of wrestling with in our show. So Councilmember Mosqueda, in putting this together, was talking about, OK, we're going to have a nonprofit piece of this that help us sort out some of the details that nonprofit could very well be a group that works with a lot of the unions here in our area. Councilmember Nelson said, hey, wait a minute, you know, maybe we need to make sure that we have an impartial group here that is not necessarily a union like an educational facility or whatever else. So there's two pieces here. It looks like in the final legislation, they were able to hammer this out. There's going to be that nonprofit piece. There's going to be uh, that education uh, piece too. So those two partners are gonna work together. It feels like a win-win, but I wanted to get your feel for this. Is there some concern about union involvement with this. I know that when this was going through the committee a couple of weeks ago, there was a lot of shouting and your union and your anti-union and things like that. But it, it raised up some interesting cross sections for me between what's important about making sure we have racial equity in candidate cannabis and making sure that workers are represented in unions. It's it's a bit it's not easy to talk about sometimes. Yeah, this is something that's really been in community for a while here as some of the kind of union force. Mm -hmm. um, you know, folks are like, well, they just want to spread their union. Right. Yeah, they right. just want to unionize workers. Mm -hmm. And that really is the main work of unions, right? Yeah. We understand that. But also, too, I think when we think more about worker solidarity, yeah. we're talking about community members. Yeah. And we're talking about people who live in our communities who are still dealing with the inaffordability of our communities. Mm -hmm. They're dealing with a lot of the same things that most of us across industries are dealing with. Yeah. And I, for me, I understand that there's a lot of um, shared alignment in that mm -hmm. regard, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, yes, unions want more union workers. Mm -hmm. They do. That means these are folks that are paying dues. It yep. strengthens the union. We understand that. Yeah. However, the reason for unions is to ensure that workers are being taken care of. Yeah. And, you know, I've been a part of unions before, so mm -hmm. I understand both sides of this. I, have I think it's yeah. important to have this kind of collaborative approach, yeah. though, to make sure that community engagement is a heavy part of yeah. how they're building this committee that's going to be looking at cannabis equity. Yeah, they're going to be doing that. They're going to have in that uh, educational institute.
institution involved as well. Could be the UW, could be another partner. So we'll see what happens there. There's another issue that I'm tackling today, too, that is interesting. It happened over the course of last week. So Mayor Harrell was apparently at a police roll call over the past couple of weeks here. And KTTH, the talk radio station, recorded some of his comments somehow, some way. It seemed in many ways he was concerned about some of the inexperienced city council members that are in the council member uh, in on the council right now. He was also concerned about what's going on with the King County Regional Homelessness Authority, and he's got some disagreements with them. It looks like in terms of damage control, he has a lot of that sorted out, but I'm very interested to see how this goes because he is working on putting together his budget right now. It's due out on the 24th of this month. How many dollars are going to be going towards the King County Regional Homelessness Authority? It looks like there's a little bit of a concern growing there. I'm not quite sure what's going to come out of that, but it's definitely something I'm paying close attention to. Again, it looks like the rhetoric and the back and forth and, you know, some of the things that were said, that's calmed down a little bit. But it's going to be rubber meets the road time on the 24th because Mark Dones from the KCRHA has been asking for extra money. And now it's a situation of, OK, Mayor Harrell, what are you going to do about it? So there's a little bit of tension there, too. Yeah, this is really interesting because as we've talked about this issue several times, yeah. Brian, honestly, we've talked about the fact that, hey, there needs to be alignment here when it comes to K the King County Regional Homelessness yes. Authority and the mayor's approach, yep. which for a while there publicly, it did not look like right. it. Yo. Right. So the truth of the matter is, is that whether we knew about these comments or not, things were playing out in the public yeah. eye yeah. anyway. And yeah. uh, ultimately, there needs to be an alignment here. I mean, their entire role at the Homelessness Authority is to eradicate homelessness, yeah. right? And yeah. You know, Mark Jones was like, look, we need to take this issue here um, of homelessness and whatever didn't work in the last 30 years, yeah. we need to come up with innovative approaches to yeah. this. And so it definitely is going to need the funding to do that. Yeah. But if there's no alignment between the mayor's office and yeah. this, uh, you know, this yeah. housing body here, it's going to be a problem, Brian. Yeah, I won't say that there's no alignment, but there's definitely some some cracks in that alignment, I guess <laughs> I'd say. So we'll see what happens with the mayor's budget there. We'll see what happens with the KCRHA, but a lot still ahead with that one. That's something I'm definitely going to be paying close attention well, to. Well, I'm just glad that, you know, one of the things that we could at least, you know, start to move forward is mm -hmm. we talk about Seattle being a model sure. for other cities in Washington state mm -hmm. and across the nation. Yeah. And the fact that we have had no cannabis equity legislation right. yeah. pushed mm -hmm. forward. Finally, there's this unanimous vote that happened yesterday. Yeah. I think there's a lot of kind of celebration kind of for yeah. that, but also focusing on the thing always there's this like celebration yeah. and what happens out of it. Absolutely. What else are you guys covering? We're covering a number of different things, uh, including what's happening with Third Avenue. So the Downtown Seattle Association had a plan a couple years ago. It was actually in 2019. They called it the Third Avenue Vision Plan. And they were a little concerned about just how the layout of that street. It's mainly a bus street, right? And that's where most of our buses go, the different routes that go throughout the city. They were concerned about that and how that's made it kind of a pedestrian unfriendly street and also kind of a business unfriendly street. Now, all of that has been completely magnified by what's going on during the pandemic, right? So those places are in serious trouble. And I think it was this was an idea that was gaining some steam before the pandemic. Pandemic really, you know, it was emergency mode, right? So now we're seeing the DSA come back to the table, talking with the city council in committee tomorrow on the public assets, assets committee. And they're putting forward this plan again. 
the council right now is working on a resolution to say, okay, we support you DSA in terms of what you're working on here. Now those, that resolution doesn't say, okay, here's how much money we're going to give you or anything like that. But it looks like the council will start to work on a plan to try to see if they can accomplish something with the DSA's idea here, this vision for third Avenue. What's it going to look like? I'm not completely sure, but the idea is to maybe have some different looking sidewalks, perhaps fewer buses on that street, and maybe even bringing some cars back in some of the different uh, scenarios they've come up with. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch that play out. On top of that, we're going to have a new SDOT director and Greg Spots coming on real soon. So what sort of role is he going to play there? But this is one of those ideas about the future of downtown, a big project that could cost a lot of money, but this could be a big downtown redesign here that could mean some big things for the city. And I think really indicates, okay, people are starting to come back downtown. How are we going to plan it and try to come back better on the other side coming out of the pandemic? So a lot happening there too. Wow, this is really interesting because, you know, uh, as somebody who grew up here, it is so right. You know, the increasing activity along Third Avenue and it's a major corridor for downtown. Right. It's like, you know, tourists are there. People are trying to get to, you know, the the market. They walk across the convention center. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, all of this is happening right there. And so this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I also think, too, that again, and and, and I I don't want to be a broken record here, but it's almost like it's worth repeating this. Mm. If we don't deal with social service wraparound services for some of that activity. How are we getting people into treatment centers? Mm -hmm. How are we getting people kind of off of the streets? All of that's got to be a part of this plan. It can't, if they don't address that, it's not going to go away. It's not just going to be washed away because you want to clean up the streets, right? And make it more um, habitable for businesses and tourists. At the end of the day, you really do have to deal with the Mm -hmm. root of the problem. So I'm glad that this is on the table. Of course, Brian, I know we're over time for you, but I appreciate you giving us some time today. Look right there. Make sure folks know how to find you. I will do that. Make sure you check out the show tonight. Seattle News, Views and Brews right here on Converge at 7 o'clock. If you want to hit me up, at Callan Seattle on Twitter, I'll make sure I get back to you. If you got a question we can try to answer on the show, hit me up. We'll try to figure it out for you. So thanks. And thanks, Trey. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. You got it. My goodness, always so many great issues on the ground that we need to know about, you guys. I'll be wrapping this up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a good, quick update from Brian Callanan, but so necessary. And I just kind of want to expand on this a little bit. You know, as Omari just said there in that last commercial, believe in giving. One of the ways that you can actually give is by giving to issues that you care about. Public comment and being engaged in the civic process is so key to ensuring that there is a wide range of diverse voices and lived experience that are helping to shape the city's legislation, policy, budgets, the priorities of city council, we have to remember that we elect these officials to really work on the behalf of us. But if we expect them to be the experts, the know-it-alls, be able to do it all by themselves, honestly, we, we, we lose track of how we get to participate in this entire process. If they are working for us, but don't ever hear from us, how can we expect them to go about these issues in a roundabout kind of overarching way? We can't. What ends up happening is that those who do pay a large amount of attention to our elected officials, whether it be by donating to their campaigns or constantly, you know, supporting things that they are putting out there, we start to see that there's alignment from some of our elected officials with regard to those 
those who are, you know, giving in to what they're trying to do. And that is where we really start to see issues. Uh, we talk about voices of the global majority being a, a participant in this lived experience that we're all sharing together. You know, as a member of society, it's our duty to also give in ways that are going to inject our own ideas and lived experience into the work of our city councils across the state. No matter what city you live in, you got to find ways to figure out what are the priorities for the budget. What are the priorities for this council in my my city? Okay, there's some different committees. What are these committees working on? By understanding a lot of these things, we begin to inject ourselves in these processes and it really brings about more well-rounded solutions that the council is able to consider. Even if they have certain, you know, bodies, entities or individuals that they gravitate towards because maybe there's already shared alignment there. They can't really represent your voice if your voice is not included. So I just wanted to extend that message to you today as we were talking, you know, Brian and I every week, I'm always thinking, okay, well, what can I do to ensure that the issues that matter to me, the council is hearing from me? How can I do this with my work in Seattle? And how can I do this as a, a citizen of federal way? So I try to find these ways and maybe I can't be at every school board meeting or every city council meeting, but being able to tap in to these meetings as I can and being engaged in these processes, I've been able to see the results of that. And when I'm always encouraging you all to see yourself as a part of the solution, sometimes it's just that. Sign up for public comment. Nowadays, you can email, you know, legislators, you can email elected officials and let them know how you feel. If you can't participate at that very specific direct time and you only get those two minutes to share your issue, that's understandable, but figure out some of the other ways that you can do it. They do accept written statements. There's a, a way that you can utilize your time to really give to the issues that matter to you. And for any of you out there who are thinking, man, all right, how are we setting up our cities to be better for future residents and for the, the future generations? Now is the time for you to be engaged in setting things up so that they unfold properly for those generations to come and for those who are our leaders right now that are young folks that are growing and that are learning. I think as a parent, one of the things that I really carry with me is that my two boys, my two sons, they get to see their mother fully engaged and it opens up the opportunity for them to understand how they get to be engaged. You know, several months back, I took my son, my eldest son, Amiri, um, who just started his 11th grade year, but I took him to a school board meeting because his experience was very specific to the issue that they were addressing at this school board meeting. My son was the only student there who spoke up to the school board and let them know, hey, there's some issues here that you guys need to be aware of. And let me tell you from my own firsthand account of how I've experienced racism in this school district. Now, had he not been there, they wouldn't have ever been able to hear his side of these stories. They would have just heard from the parents who are representing their students or from others who have experienced it out in community. But there was something so special about all of the people that were there, these community members that 
came up to my son at the end of this school board meeting and said, look, you are representing a large body of students who didn't have the opportunity or the, the maybe the courage or whatever to be here today. But they were so grateful that my son was there and that he was able to share his experience. And I think that this for me is exactly what I mean. It doesn't mean that you have to wait until you're an adult to see yourself as a part of the solution. It doesn't mean that you can't address inequities that you experience in your lived experience or in your day-to-day life. You have to be able to do that. As a student at Garfield High, I was vice president my senior year, and we had to call the strike against some things that we found that were not fair in this in the school. It was us who said, look, even as students, we know we have the power. So I'm giving you guys some of those examples because y'all know I want you to be inspired and encouraged to see yourself as a part of the solution. Trust me, we'll all be better for it. I just want to thank you guys for watching today. And of course, tomorrow, I think we have another Haru Hill segment. It'll be on set uh, telling us some of the ways that we can utilize these amazing practices to heal ourselves. And until tomorrow, y'all at 11 a.m. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.